Nope. Welcome back, viewers. Inside the lunch table, myself, Michael Wilson. I got my uh, my other co-host, Calvin Kahili, with me. How you feeling today, sir? Hey, you know me. Uh, the co-hosts come and go, but I'll never change, big bro. I'll never <laughs> change. Right, right, right. So um, we're down one co-host today, uh, Jonathan Kath, man. He's out uh, today, Calvin. What's, what's Kath got going got on? Got my today? boy Kath going to MIA at a tennis tournament. You know, he's just a sports guru, loves that tennis, too. Can't stay away from the game. He is writing a little piece for his school paper out there at the tennis tournament. So shout out to my boy, Jay Kath. I know he's going to listen later today. Uh, we appreciate you busting that behind at that tennis tournament, watching that game you love. I know you just appreciate the hell out of some good tennis. So you write that piece, big bro. We'll see you back on Monday. Lots of love for Kath. Well, no, he's uh, listening to us later this afternoon, so he'll be back. Don't y'all worry. Back, Don't y'all back, worry. Back. Can't wait to have him back on Monday. But to for today's shows, we're going to start off in the NBA, man. A lot Let's more. Do it. Um, Lakers organization is in turmoil right now, but we'll get to that. <laughs> and then uh, we'll go to the league, talk about some game picks. You know, we got some big playoff games this weekend. Yes, um, sir. Definitely can't wait for those. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some MMA at the end of, at the very end of the show. Um, we got a big fight this Saturday night, and um, I'm opening it up to Calvin, whatever he wants to talk about on the back end after that. And, yes, sir. Uh, so, without further ado, let's get into the NBA, man. Let's so, do I'm going to take it back to, um, I think it was the night before last, when the Lakers yes, lost sir. against the Pacers. You know, everybody's been talking about it. Westbrook got the energy game. So, there's been more news coming out. Um, Tell me what you got. On court. Basically, Russell Westbrook, his reaction um, whenever Malik Monk came in to, you know, sub him out, it says that the old, the 33-year-old point guard nearly left the floor. Like, he went to, he almost went to the locker room after uh, Malik Monk su subbed him out. But teammate DeAndre uh, Jordan Shepard shepherded him back, <laughs> uh, held him back. Uh, Glad to see DJ doing his part. Oh, Finally, God. Uh, playing a part to this team, adding something. Westbrook watched the next few minutes unfold. Apparently, John from the bench with his jersey untucked, although exactly what was said and at whom is still unclear. So, this is very interesting, man. Um, this is just a locker room thing at, at this point. It's like, dang, you know, um, I just on, I just man. wish we knew what West, Russell Westbrook was saying, you know, because, you know, he, he wants to finish the game. Um, he wants to be there for his team. And when your coach, you know, uh, Frank Vogel actually went on a post-game interview and said that, he had the guys that he thought would win the game on the floor. And guess what? We didn't win. So, Calvin, <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think about that whole thing, man? Well, man, it's been a hell of a saga, hasn't it, over these past couple of days between Frank's talk, uh, Vogel's comments about he just simply wants to win basketball games. You know what he's saying? That's all he's really looking for. And um, it sounds like – it sounds like – so, from what I'm understanding is um, – Russell Westbrook's comments, the I was disappointed I didn't go back in, but I'm more disappointed that we lost the damn game. That's what you want to hear. You know that's not how Westbrook actually feels. He does have real feelings about this, and I got a feeling he's not too happy about it. But unfortunately, I think if one guy is going to weather this storm, Michael, I think it's going to be our guy, Braun. I mean, if, yeah. if one guy is going to get these ducks to fall in line, because that's what we need to see, because unfortunately – what the hell are your Lakers going to do? I mean, there's no way out of this. You've tied your your yourself to the Russell Westbrook anchor, and you're letting it sink the boat right now. So if Braun can just find a way to get that anchor back on board and keep this boat afloat, I just I don't know. I don't even know what to say, man. I mean, I'm it just leaves me speechless because it's like you're you're a professional Westbrook. I mean, we put our head down and we go to work. I mean, at the end of the day, and the thing that I don't think Russell Westbrook understands is. This is not a shooting slump, bro. This has been going on for six years now. Like, you need to yeah. readdress who you are. And until yeah. we see Russell Westbrook do that, 
like I really do believe he just thinks he's in a six year shooting slump. Like I really think that's what he thinks. He wakes up every day and goes, today's going to be the day I'm out of this. I'm shooting 65% from the floor and 40% from behind the line. Will be a changed man. And unfortunately that's just simply not the case. And I got a feeling Mike feels the same way because he's tired of watching the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I definitely am. Um, and I watched LeBron's post-game interview after this whole fiasco because I, I was just curious. And um, he was very relaxed, man. Um, you know, he deflected of course. Yeah, and uh they asked him, you know, how did Russell Westbrook feel? And he asked the reporter, um, have you followed Russell Westbrook throughout his career? And then um ding ding ding. I like that. Yeah. That's a good answer. Very professional. Yeah, exactly. And the reporter was like, Yeah, and he was like, Well, there's the answer to the question. Do you think he was happy? And then LeBron was like, I gotta go watch a movie with my wife. I gotta go. So LeBron, like, he was very nonchalant about the whole thing. Um, so it's just like, dang, it looks like it's not really because you know, we've seen LeBron get discouraged, you know, back when he was with the Cavs and stuff, and they were having oh their- yeah. Well, even the the first year with the Lakers, we saw LeBron get a little discouraged, and that's just not simply what we see right now. It seems like exactly if LeBron's not panicking, I'm not panicking. So I'm gonna- exactly. We I like uh, it's just we got to figure this out. I want it to be done sooner rather than later. I want the Lakers to be background noise. I just want them to be winning games, put their heads down, go to work, and unfortunately, they find a way into the front of the news cycle every single day. Every and time, yeah. I talked. I told this to you off air, but we'll throw it on it. I feel like the media pressure on this team is just ridiculous, man. Every every single thing Russell Westbrook does is highlighted to the max. Now that he's standing next to LeBron James, and it is just it bugs me, man. It really does because. Like, this is a story, but, bro, this led the entire news cycle for the past two days, and everybody wants to talk. There's playoff football on, and I watched three three news stories start with this story right here, and I couldn't believe it. It just blows my mind, man. It just blows my mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But on the flip side of things, um, shout out to the Pacers, man. Yesterday night, overtime. Boy, win over damn, Warriors. did they look good. Did you watch this one? I actually no, I didn't watch it, but I caught, the, I caught the um highlights because once I saw they won, I was like, man, let me go and figure out what happened. And, <laughs> man, did they play team ball, man. They, they played team ball. They ran these Warriors up and down the court. I was like, dang. You know, and the Warriors, um, Stephen Curry had 39, but, I mean, it was, a night, let's say that. Yeah, it, was, it was a bad night out in terms of shooting for the for the Warriors as a whole, really. I was like, dang. But, um, yeah, shout out to the Patriots, man. Let me shout one out. Uh, Chris Dorte. He busted your ass last night when he played the <laughs> Lakers, and then he absolutely busted the Warriors' ass last night. And overtime, had a great steal that really turned this game around. The, the, the Warriors were opened up a five-point lead to start OT, and I thought this game was over. Chris Dorte made a great steal to get back in the game. Steph Curry, you missed three different shots to close this game out. In regular time, you got a very clean look with about five seconds to go, and you absolutely bricked it. That was disappointing to see. Uh, Clay Thompson, I believe you are 0 for 7 from behind the three-point line. Don't have that number in front of me, but I believe watching the game, I don't remember you making a single three. That was painful to watch. You turned the ball over late to end this game, too. That was also painful to watch. Uh, but shout out to these Blade, or I mean, to these Pacers, man. Had nobody playing, a whole bunch of no names, and they found a way to get this win. Like Mike said, playing team basketball. Shout out to our boy Rick Carlisle. Uh, getting some wins out there in Indiana. That was two good wins on back-to-back nights. So On back-to-back occasions, man. Shout-out to the Pacers, man. But the one I really want to talk about last night was is the Dallas Mavs. I'm going to open it up to you, Calvin. What did you see from this – you know, this – I wouldn't call it a bad loss because, I mean, this Phoenix Suns team is a a very – a very good basketball team. Let's not get that wrong. So For sure. It was was an okay loss, you know, but it it is a loss. So I want to know what you have to say about that. Well, first, we uh, uh, before we talk about this game, got to set the scenes. My Mavs were coming off a of back-to-back, did play last night against the Raptors, and the, the the Phoenix Suns were off since Monday. They played the Spurs on Monday and then had the rest of the week off before this game. So a little bit of a rest difference in between the two sides. And my Mavs 
actually didn't look too slumpish. I was kind of surprised. Uh, we played hard for four quarters, unfortunately. And when push came to shove, when this game was tied late, the Phoenix Suns found a way to make shots, and we just went eyes cold from the floor. They went on like a 24-4 to run to close this game, and it really showed in the fourth quarter. Uh, the box score shows us 35-19 to in the fourth quarter, and damn, did it feel like it because all of the momentum swung with Phoenix. I think we outplayed them for three quarters and then just got mollywopped in the fourth quarter. Maybe that was the fatigue setting in a little bit, but unfortunately, we got to be better on the back end of basketball games. Um, we didn't – we didn't shoot particularly well in this game. The thing that really bailed us out is we played tremendous defense. The Sun shot 22% from behind the three-point line. Can 100% live with that? Unfortunately, like I said, we just couldn't make shots in the fourth quarter, and when push came to shove, they found a way to beat us. Uh, no DeAndre Ayton for the Sun, so they were not 100%. E well, maybe that makes them better. Who knows? But unfortunately, uh, I can't really weigh them at full strength. But Phoenix looked good, man. They really did. It was nice to see. Uh, they closed out real well. They looked great in the fourth quarter. Like I said, went on a real long run, and it felt like it was forever in the fourth quarter where they were just knocking down shot after shot. And shout out to CP3, hit the dagger at the end of this game to put it away. Uh, I, if you're a Suns fan, I'm feeling great about my team. Um, when playoff time comes, I, I would feel good about my team. I don't know if I would feel great about my team because I still don't know how I feel. But um, it was a good win for them. Uh, they're going to keep rolling through this regular season. Uh, the good news for my Mavs, though, and uh, a little bit of bad news for your Lakers, is your Lakers dropped my Mavs six games over 500, three games over the Nuggets right now. We're three games back of the Jazz, maybe step into that four seed. So I'm not holding this loss too high, Mikey. I'm going to keep my head up. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. You know, um, y'all still are in good position. Y'all are in way better position than my Lakers right now. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not really a bad loss, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, we're going to keep moving 100%. And the good news is, is we've got another test. I believe the next game is the Golden State Warriors, if I am not mistaken. Oh, no, I'm, I am mistaken. The next game is the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the but Golden that's still State a test because they've been on fire yeah, so far. So oh. it's two tough games in a row. But Sunday – uh, we got some rest now. We don't play. We're off Thursday or Friday, Saturday. We play Sunday, 630 primetime game. Uh, I, I want to see everything for my Mads. This is a good Memphis team. This is a Memphis Grizzlies team. We're not only chasing in the standings, but we're chasing as people think the Grizzlies are a hell of a team. And we just with their loss the other night. Well, granted, we lost to Phoenix. We had took the best record since December away from them. So it'll be a good game on Sunday. Uh, going to need my Mavs to bring their A game because we know that those Grizzlies are going to come hard. want to see that defense again. Hopefully, uh, John Luca can have a nice little battle in that one. Facts, facts, facts. Another shout-out I want to give uh, Wednesday night um, after our show, um, Cavaliers and Bulls, man. The Bulls came out and had a very strong showing because the Cavaliers have been hot, man, these last couple of weeks, man. They've been playing Definitely, some good yeah. basketball. Eight the Bulls over. came out. What would you say? I said Cavaliers are eight games over 500 now. I mean, 27 and 19 is a hell of a spot to be. Exactly, and the, and the expectation wasn't that high for them this year. So Yeah, no, they were definitely uh, about a draft pick, so shout-out to them. Yeah, kudos to them, but, man, they met these Bulls, and DeMar DeRozan gave them 30, uh, Vucevic <laughs> gave them 24, man, and they, Kobe White, 16, um, Ayo Dasmu, I think I butchered his name, 18, man, the Bulls. It was a very strong showing for the Bulls, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I cannot wait for these NBA playoffs because I know these Bulls, they're going to be a, a force in that East. Like what you said, the only thing that'll hope that'll – um that'll hold them is height and um protecting yeah, the size down low. I don't trust Vucevic on the defensive end. That's for sure. But if he's giving you 24 and 12, ain't much more I'd ask from him. One thing we got to talk about these bulls. We did just lose Lonzo ball six to eight weeks. Um, if I'm a bulls fan, I'm not too worried about that. Um, I, I think you've been able to win enough games with the 
craziness that's been your roster over the past couple of weeks. I think you're going to be able to keep the boat afloat. Um, is he going to cost you a game here and there? Absolutely. Lonzo Ball is definitely that quality of an NBA player now, but uh, nothing to panic about. Uh, let, hopefully prayers out to Lonzo, speedy recovery, get back. Good thing he's not AD. He'll probably hit his timetable maybe even a little bit sooner. So we'll see Lonzo back before um, yeah, but they before did, playoff time. They did this be, um, without him and Levine, and Levine exactly. should be back by and Wednesday. I, 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 like, I like Mike said, I believe Levine's coming back as well. So when Zach's coming back, if DeMar's playing like this, you're going to have a chance to win every single night. So uh, if I'm a Bulls fan, uh, you're feeling a lot like a Phoenix Suns fan. You're happy. The good news is, is the East is going to start to slow down uh, as we see. Um, like uh, we talked about last episode, that KD injury is going to be big for the Nets, even though they found a win, way to win last night. Uh, the bad news is, is um, some of these teams, man, as we're going to keep talking about the NBA, some of these teams behind them are starting to heat up and heating up in dramatic ways. So. If I'm a if I'm a if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm content, but I'm not pleased to need to see us to keep winning basketball games, keep the pedal on the metal. Yeah, I, w- I really want to know about your own. Well, no, I think you like the Nuggets, not the Jazz, but the Jazz. I saw the Jazz drop a game to the Houston Rockets. What the hell is going on in Utah right now? They're 29 and 16 on the year, which isn't mm-hmm. bad at all. But why did they drop a game to this terrible, terrible um, basketball team? They let Eric Gordon come and just. Do whatever he wanted to do. He had to spike turn that trade value, bro. Just spike that trade value. Exactly. Uh, biggest thing for uh, the Jazz in this one uh, was no Donovan Mitchell. Um, he is the heartbeat of this team. Uh, don't get me wrong. The Jazz are good at playing team basketball. They right. they are definitely competent without Donovan Mitchell. But uh, I think in this one, that was what came and bit him in the butt. Couldn't find a way to close this one out. Uh, let Houston get back into it late, and uh, it was just. When you shoot 26% from behind the line, it's hard to win games. You know what I'm saying? They let Houston go 48% from behind the line, hitting 22 threes. They hit 10 threes. I mean, that is a that's a whopping difference. And when you go 10 for 38 and they go 22 for 45, it makes it tough to hang in ball games. Uh, they competed. I'll give Utah that love, but that's not what you're looking for at the top of the West. The West is uh, heating up in that in those top couple of slots, and Utah definitely wants to keep pace. Uh, I know you're a little bit hotter on Spider Mitchell than I am. How do you feel about Donovan Mitchell's ability? He can't stay on the court, Mike. Yeah, that's we've, we've talked about this in an earlier episode. Um, Yeah, he's going to have to definitely, if, definitely if he wants to take Utah far, he's going to have to figure out a way to start staying on the court, especially um down the stretch into the postseason because he's always just dealing with some kind of injury, some kind of something. And that that not only hurts, um, that hurts your team's chemistry, you know, because you're never on the court, so you can't get into a rhythm. You know, they have to figure out a way to, to win without you, and then you come back in, so – they can't really get the same system going. So um, he definitely has to figure out a way. Same with Anthony Davis on the Lakers, man. Has to figure out a way to stay on the court because Anthony Davis is never on the court for us. <laughs> Bro, so. so my thing is with Donovan Mitchell, and this one, now granted, this could all be street rumors, but it's usually not, especially when it happens when you're hurt. So he goes into concussion protocol, and then I know you saw it on Twitter the next day. He's got all these stories leaking out about how he thinks about playing for the Miami Heat. What, what the hell is that, bro? Sit down <laughs> and shut your mouth. Like, I, I just – that one ruffled my feathers a little bit yesterday because I've got people all over Twitter talking about uh, if Donovan Mitchell ever decides to leave Utah, who the hell can't – he's not leaving you. What are you talking about? What are you ta- <laughs> bro, it's it, it's what, Wednesday afternoon, bro? Sit down and play the PlayStation. Stop talking about play, other places you want to play. But that one got me. That one got me a little bit hotter than it should have. But I mean, he is in concussion protocol right now, so prayers out. Hopefully, he gets healthy sooner rather than later. But, dude, if you're releasing these stories, shut up. What are you talking about, man? Exactly, exactly. So, 
other news in the NBA today, um, my Lakers take on the Magic. Um, at this point, who knows what's going to happen. Um, hopefully, we can go out there and get a win and show some kind of unity after all this yeah, rally together, crazy, man. crazy stuff. Yeah, hopefully, we can go out there and compete and show some unity and we don't get another embarrassing loss because that just will not be good for the news cycle. They're going to eat us apart for the rest of the weekend. So, um, yeah, we definitely want to go out here and get a win. Uh, I, the Bulls and the Bucks, man, today at 7 o'clock, I'm, I'm probably going to sit down and watch this game. If I'm not doing anything else, it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, who do you have on, coming out of that one with a, a victory, Calvin? Um, Bulls are playing real hot. I think the Bucks are, are playing a little bit better. I think Ante Kumbo is going to be a problem for the Bulls. You don't know how I feel about the post-defense for uh, the Bulls, so it'll be interesting to see what Vucevic can do. If they can slow Giannis down, the Bulls will have a chance, but unfortunately, I don't think that'll be the case. Watch out for a big night from the Greek freak. I'm going to take the Bucks in this one, big bro. Facts, facts. And do you think um Jonathan's Spurs have any chance against the Nets? <laughs> uh, no KD, so absolutely. Uh, don't know. The Nets looked nice last night. Can't promise that again. Marcus Aldridge had, I think, 27 last night. It was good to see L.A. get back in the mix. Um, But uh, if Kyrie plays nice, well, wait, is this game in Brooklyn? Oh, I've got no clue. No, it's in San Antonio. Uh, so Kyrie San- will be in, at- in attendance. So uh, I'll give my Nets a shouting chance, but this game definitely a coin flip with the way Brooklyn's been playing. Don't rule out cast Spurs, okay? Yep, yep, yep. And I really want to get to the uh, NFL. So before we Wait, get out of here. I got one more. Yeah, I got one more. So um, uh, Clippers Sixers tonight, uh, last Wednesday or on Wednesday on this show, I told you guys, watch out for Joel and B to make uh, some noise coming into my MVP race very soon. Uh, about six hours after we got off the episode, uh, Joel and B proceeded to do. What did he do, Mike? He went 50, 12 and two in 27 yeah. minutes, 50, yep. 12 and two. In 27 minutes, as they absolutely whopped the Orlando Magic. Shout out to Joel Embiid. You have looked absolutely phenomenal. Keep it up. 50 bomb is insane. Shooting number was beautiful as well. Absolutely love it. You're killing. He's shooting a three above 40% right now, Mikey. Above 40%. That is insane. If Joel Embiid does that, there's absolutely nothing you can do to guard him. Get the Ben Simmons the hell out of town and get my boy some help because he is ready to make some noise. Shout out to Joel Embiid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Joel Embiid. And um, definitely pay attention to some of those games on the Friday, on this good Friday night, man, NBA basketball. Now, let's get to the uh, NFL. Breaking news. 39 minutes ago, King Henry will be activated He's coming. for this game. Yeah. So, uh, ooh, how much does that change for you, Calvin? Uh, that changes absolutely everything. I will <laughs> now be locking. Uh, hold up. I'll wait for us to talk about this game. Wait, are we starting right here, Mikey? Yeah, we're starting. We're starting. Let's uh, do it. Bengals. Okay, then in that case, I will be reigniting a word that let me down twice at the end of the regular season. This one will be in courtesy to my man, Jonathan Kath. I am pulling out the old G-reliable guarantee (laughs) as I slap it on the Tennessee Titans to win this football game. Only four points. It's going to be close. The Bengals are going to compete all the way. Unfortunately, the Bengals' defense is not enough. I think the O-line is going to fail Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow is still going to light it up, but unfortunately, it's not going to be enough as the Tennessee pass rush gets to him in the late second half. Derrick Henry's not going to do much, but he's going to scare the hell out of the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's all I need is I slap guaranteed on this Tennessee Titans win, baby. Dang. Ooh, we'd say the guaranteed, and today is today is Friday, so you know what I mean? We have to lock in our picks. Mm-hmm. I'm locking I'm still, in. I'm feeling good, too, baby. I'm feeling I'm good about feel- these Tennessee Titans. It's the opposite for me. I'm not feeling good hey, about I those Tennessee Titans. I get it. Titans. Got man. I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I just can't I can't put my trust <laughs> in him, but it's just like, are you going to turn around and Mike, put your trust in the you young man? come over here to me and Mike Vrabel, baby. We're calling your name, Mikey. Come oh, to man. us, baby. We're calling think- you. I think I'm leaning more towards the Bengals by a little ah. bit. Man. By a little bit, though. It's going to be – this is going to be 
an amazing football game. I think it's it going to be close. It's going to come right down to it. Um, who wants it more? Um, I think, man, I, I just, oh, I think these Bengals are going to go, are going to go to this AFC championship. And I think okay. that's going to be, I think that's the ceiling for them, man. I really do. You think so? He's believing in Joey P. It'll be a good yeah. one to see. Hey, this is one you got to watch, man. This one could go either way. I'm on the Tennessee tide. Hey, I'll go ahead and pick for Kath on this one. I promise you, Kath is picking the Bengals. He believes in Joey B. He's going to talk yeah, about Joey B swag and the moxie that he's going to bring to this football game. And he's going to talk about how much better he is than Ryan Tannehill, which is not a bad take, ladies and gentlemen. So, Kath is, I, I'm going to bet Kath would go Bengals on this one as well. Joining a Mikey, making this one two on one against Old Cal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The next one we have on the schedule, man. Um, Tomorrow at 7.15 p.m., the night, the nightcap. 49ers and Packers, man. Ooh. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and start this one off. I think the Packers are going to come out here and put a statement down. I think they're going to come out here and, and uh, beat these 49ers pretty convincingly. That's just me. That's how I'm feeling. I've uh, been following all the news leading up to this game. I just – I don't know. I, I know Kyle Shanahan is going to come out here and he's going to uh, get his guys to compete, but I just think yeah. the, um, the Packers are too much for them to overcome. Calvin, what do you think? Oh, uh, it's not certainly not a bad take for Mikey. The Packers are definitely the good pick. Uh, I'm probably going to lean that way, too. Uh, the only uh, I said probably I am going to lean that way. I'm going to take Packers by five. But 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 do not bury the 49ers in this game. If this game so the 49ers are going into this game with house money. Uh, they know they're moving off Jimmy G. He's not their guy. They're not worried about winning a Super Bowl this year. That wasn't the expectation. This is house money. If they win this game, it is nothing but house money. They are playing with the house's cash right now. And that is a dangerous spot to be in because when you're doing so, the pressure is off. And I don't think Jimmy G, if Jimmy G comes out here and stinks this game up, I mean, is I, am I going to be surprised? No. Is Mike going to be surprised? No. Are you going to be surprised? Probably not because that's who Jimmy G is. And if Jimmy G comes out here and lights this game up, I don't, I don't think we're going to be surprised because we know Jimmy G is coin flip-esque. And I think we'll see a performance like that from him. I think the biggest thing that uh, our Packers are going to need, Mike, they've got to stop the run. They've got right. to stop the run. And the second biggest thing I need from these Green Bay Packers, more importantly, I need to Aaron Rodgers, you got to score early. Make Jimmy G Definitely. throw the football. If you make Jimmy G have to try to take this football game over, I think we can see Jimmy G become a little bit mistake prone. And I think that's the best way for the Packers to win. I think the Packers let the 49ers set the tempo here, let it become a slow, scrappy football game. That's the best way for San Fran to win. Uh, San Fran's going to need 150 yards of rushing if they win this game. That would be the formula. And uh, I could see that outcome. It's not likely. Um, I definitely say statistical likelihood favors the Packers in this one. That's why I'm going to pick them. But don't rule the 49ers out, man. This is playoff football, and they could absolutely compete. They are banged up. I don't know if Nick Bosa goes. Uh, Fred Warner looks like he is going to play. Uh, if Nick Bosa doesn't go, that's a huge loss. because That's he's a very, huge loss. He's very important. I mean, we saw what happened in the second half against my Cowboys. They went from eating the backfield up to getting eat up on the back end. So it'll be certainly interesting to watch. Uh, stay tuned on that one. will be a game time decision tomorrow before kickoff on Nick Bosa. Hopefully he plays. Y'all send prayers going out to Nick Bosa. Hopefully he gets out of concussion protocol. Facts, facts. And I 100% uh, agree. The Packers have to stop the run, man. They have to contain Debo Samuel. They have to make Jimmy G um, beat them. And I think that's the best way for them to win. I agree 100%. But I see the Packers coming out of this one on top. What do you think? What would be if if you're Green Bay? Give me what you think the game plan is to win this football game. Definitely. Just like you said, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. Definitely come out and score um, early and often. Uh, get the run established and um Definitely get your offense and, you know, get your offense going early so you don't have to worry about that being a thing. And uh, try to 
not try to create a shootout, but if your defense, you know, leave room for your defense to mess up and mm-hmm. make Jimmy G beat you. I mean, make him have to come out there and put points on the board. And I think that's that puts them in the best position because Jimmy G, we know, can be coin flip-esque, you know, when yeah. it comes down to consistency. So I think that's definitely the formula for them to win. What about um, – let's talk real quick about this uh, this defensive matchup because I think this is a real good one because Jair Alexander is back from these Packers, and we know we've talked a lot about the Packers' man zone defense throughout the season. You right. think you think the, you could see the 49ers having some issues against this Packers defense? I mean, I could because they – you know, they've been playing – they've had some some really good games um, this past season, but, you know, Jair Alexander, he's one of those – I consider him to be a lockdown guy, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So. Anytime you can get one of those, man, you see it does wonders for my Saints defense and it does wonders for the Rams defense. If you can get those guys to take um, one receiver off the board every game, man, it's it's colossal. So definitely that's definitely going to be a big a big help to the uh, Packers defense moving forward with Jair Alexander coming back. Because the last two times, the last time these two teams played, we saw it this regular season. And then obviously you all know how much I talk about the NFC championship game from two seasons ago. But this one was a regular season game this year. And uh, it was 30-28. We talked about it a little bit on Wednesday. And uh, this was one of Jimmy G's higher performing games. He threw the ball 40 times, 257 yards, two TDs, one pick, 25 completions. You think we, – we just talked about the Packers game plan. You think the 49ers game plan is going to be throw the ball? Uh, we didn't see much of a run game. They were very banged up in the running game this week. They had to play – it was just Trey Sermon in the backfield. Um, Kyle Juszczyk was the only one who took carry. So that's why we saw Jimmy G throw the ball so much. You, you think we'll see a lot more of a rushing attack this time? You think the 49ers will stay in the air? Yeah, I think early. I think early the uh, 49ers will try to see if they could get, get it to pop off a little bit. But if it doesn't work, they'll go back to that air that air raid attack. I think so. I think that's what they'll do. But definitely early, uh, expect them to try to come out and establish the run. I mean, that's what I would try to do. You know, I, I'm a big run-the-ball guy. I think that opens mm-hmm. up everybody's offense if you can run the ball early and, um you know, get them – stop them from – um. I mean, get them to stack the box and stuff, you know, and uh, get kind of lenient on the coverage side of things. But one guy who I think is very important for this game, who we didn't see much of last week, is George Kittle. George Kittle only had yeah. one catch last week against my Cowboys, which was kind of interesting because it wasn't like we really did anything special. Um, there wasn't a he wasn't a focus of our game plan. They just weren't interested in George Kittle. He was a couple of times he was open on the middle of the field. Jimmy G just flat out missed him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can see George Kittle be have more of an influence on this game. Uh, I think there are three people who are absolutely crucial for the 49ers' success. Number one is going to be Elijah Mitchell, the running back, uh, 27 carries last week for 96 yards. Um, 3.6 a carry in the playoff time, that works for me. Honestly, I can't really complain about that. Uh, yards are harder to come by this time of year. The next one's going to be Debo Samuel. Uh, whatever Debo brings is going to be absolutely creative as hell. Kyle Shanahan will use him in all, all, all types of crazy ways. We're going to need him to be absolutely phenomenal. And then the third one is the guy we talked about earlier, Nick Bosa. Can Nick Bosa get on this football field and play? If Nick Bosa's there, even if he's not at 100%, he just adds a whole other element to this 49ers team because of how dangerous he is off the edge, makes a running back come in, have to chip a little bit. And I really think it would make this game a lot more competitive. I really do. And so – uh, like I said, y'all were y'all y'all wait and listen tomorrow morning before that game. Hear about Nick Bosa. If he plays, it'll be phenomenal for these 49ers. Agreed. Definitely agreed. All right. The next one I'm gonna move to Sunday. The next one I want to talk about Rams and Buccaneers. And you're probably not gonna like my pick on this game. Oh man, think, don't do it to me, Mike. <laughs> I think the Rams are gonna come out here and win this game. But simply, man, and you know, I you know I respect you know Tom Brady is my goat. I respect him definitely in the post um in the postseason, definitely more than anything. Now, 
they are so banged up over there in Tampa Bay, man. I think that's going to be the deciding factor for them, man. They're not healthy enough with his with Tom Brady's best receiver being Mike Evans, and you know who's going to be on him. Jalen Ramsey is going to be following him around <laughs> all day long. There'll be nowhere to hide. Exactly, exactly. Like you said um, last episode, I watch him get shut down by Marshawn Lattimore every time we play them. So what do you think Jalen Ramsey's going to do? He's going to look to shut him down, take him completely out of the game plan. And with that being said, um, I don't know. I don't have much confidence in Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. You know, they, they didn't show me enough consistency because, you know, they've been without Chris Godwin. And we've yeah, seen you know, this Buccaneers defense, you know, when they play good teams, we've seen, I mean, not their defense, their offense. We've seen them kind of, you know, kind of struggle to come out the yeah, gate. Fire, no, you know. Exactly. You know, especially after losing AB. So it's just it's going to be a, it's going to it's going to be a test to see what they can do against this Rams defense, man. But I think I think these Rams are going to going to find a way to win this football game. So I'm going to go ahead and stamp them as the winner from me. <laughs> Honestly, I am not mad at all at Mike for that take. It was a really good take. Unfortunately, the road to eight has already started and the Rams are just the next one in the way. So uh, Tom's going to go ahead and take care of these Rams as he continues his way to the eighth one. And unfortunately, the Rams biggest thing is going to be the killer in this game is going to be Matthew Stafford. Uh, he is not going – the pressure is going to be too much. Moment is too big. He's going to go ahead and piss this one down his leg. I have full faith in Matthew Stafford to lose this football game. Uh, that's not true. I trust Sean McVay enough to keep Matthew Stafford away from losing this football game. Mike stressed a couple of absolutely key points for my Buccaneers. They are banged the hell up. The, the most important unit of football for these Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this isn't something you're going to hear a lot because people love bur- bur- ugh, banging on Tom. Is the defense. If this defense can come out and play spectacular, Tom will do everything in his power to keep them in this football game. You know he will not lose this game. The biggest thing is they cannot let the Rams come out here and drop a 30 bomb on them. I don't think the Buccaneers have 30 points in them right now. The good not news right is, now. Nope. The good news is for the Buccaneers is now granted, I know a lot of people will give me some pushback because they scored 31 points last week. The Philadelphia Eagles are a very different defense than this Rams team. Yeah. The biggest thing for my Buccaneers is you've got to stay healthy up front. If uh, if your guard goes down, if one of these tackles goes down, because we know Tristan Wirfs is at 100%, picked up that ankle injury last week. Aaron Donald is an absolute menace, and he's got help right now. Von Miller's hanging out on the sideline. And if you let this pass rush disrupt my boy Tom, we know my boy Tom is not Kyler Murray. He is not going to be able to run from this pressure. We need time in the backfield. That is the X factor for the Rams. If the Rams can disrupt Tom, you know how Tom feels about getting moved off his spot. He does not like that at all. So hopefully the Buccaneers can establish the run early, and we need this defense to put in a shift, make Matthew Stafford be the guy. Stop the run. Devin White, Levante David, I'm going to pick the phone up. I'm dialing the number right now. I'll put you guys on a little group call. Make sure the dogs are ready to go because I'm going to need you guys to stop the run, make this Rams team throw the ball. And then when they do so, we're going to need some of these back end guys to come in big. Uh, Mike Edwards, you came in clutch to the pick last week. Somebody's going to have to step up this week, get a turnover, get this uh, plus side on the football field. We need field position. We need quality punts. We need special teams to come up big because like Mike said, this offense is at hundred percent. So I can't promise 30 or 40 points. Facts. hundred percent. Um, I hundred um, percent agree. So wait, so who's your pick for that game? I'm taking Tampa Bay, man. I'm taking Tampa oh Bay. I'm going to take God. Tampa Bay uh, by three. It's going to be a close one. It's only going to close because the Buccaneers are banged up. But since the Buccaneers are banged up, it's going to be close. The Rams are going to stay in it. But unfortunately, Matthew Stafford's just not that guy. Uh, the road to eight will continue. And unfortunately, the Rams are just the next victim. Yeah, man. Dang, it's just so It's so many. Man, these are all good games, man. And the, last games. One, the last one I want to – that's going to close oh, out. Oh, man. This, this one here. This man. one here. Bills and the Chiefs, man. Bills traveling to Arrowhead to go and play the Chiefs in an um, AFC championship game rematch from last season. I'm going to go ahead and let you open that one up, Calvin. 
What do you this see happening in this one game? One year. Holy moly. No, the NFL did us a favor, scheduled this game last on Sunday night, put it in the primetime window. All eyes will be on this. This game is holy moly. This game to pick is hell. This game to play in is going to be hell. Arrowhead's going to be rocking. It's going to be cold as hell. It's going to be the atmosphere is going to be in crazy. The Bills are got redemption on their mind. The Chiefs have redemption on their minds. It's a it's everything to play for. It's the the intensity is going to be the max. The question is, which Josh Allen are we going to see? Josh Allen has been a roller coaster up and down all season. He was up to his highest last week with an absolutely phenomenal performance. Will the consistency continue? I think so. Unfortunately, it will not be enough to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is just that guy. And I believe that Patrick Mahomes, hey, shout out to what Josh Allen did last week. It's undeniable. Touchdown every drive is immacable. That is a hell of an achievement. Shout out to him. But unfortunately, he's going to roll into uh, just a little bit. Uh, the bully always finds a bigger bully. And unfortunately, he's going to find his bigger bully this week in the form of Patrick Mahomes. And I think this Chiefs offense is going to have every answer for this Bills offense. This game is going to be a shootout. I'm looking at 30, 40 points. Uh, if you're Back. talking about spread, go over because both these got teams are going to light this game up. Uh, I think the Kansas City defense is a little bit better than the Buffalo defense, and I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Expect, expect the Chiefs to be dimensional, too. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to run the football, uh, well, outside of Josh Allen because we know what he brings, but I don't think the uh, Bills will be able to get Devin Stingletary going. The Chiefs will establish the run. I don't know who it will be, but it will be one of their backs. Probably Damian Will. I don't know. One of their backs will get established early. Right. And that'll set up Patrick Mahomes' pass game. Then we know how Patrick Mahomes gets when it turns into air raid. We can expect him to sling the ball all over the football field. And I think it'll just be too much for these Bills to handle. So I'm going to take Kansas City in this game. I'm going to take Kansas City by six, touchdown late, puts it away, uh, puts some separation between them and the Bills. Facts, facts, facts. Now, we finally got one. I agree with you 100%. I think Kansas City is going to come out here and um, and, and going to find a way to win this football game. Now, no disrespect to the Bills. Um, what they did to the Patriots was just um, – it was a great performance. Uh, kudos to them. But like you said, the bully always finds the bigger bully. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come out here. Like you said, they're going to um, establish the run. I think the Bills, they've, they've been having trouble on and off running the ball in some of these games. And I think it's going to be one of those games, man, where they're going to get stuffed at the run. And Josh Allen's going to have to throw the ball like 40 times, maybe even more than that. And yeah, um, right. I think that Kansas City, you know, I think Tyron Matthew might find a way or somebody, you know, in that secondary might find a way to come up with a few of those balls. So I think, um, I don't know, I, I just see Kansas City winning this one, man, and it sucks for the Bills because, you know, and Stephon Diggs and those guys, um, they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to, their receivers definitely are going to have to create some separation on this uh, Kansas City secondary. But it's, it's just going to be hard, man. I'm never going to put my money against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, man. I'm, I'm just yeah, not. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, and <clears> let me tell you, um, my X factor for this game, a lot of people say uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Gill, one of those guys. No, actually, I'm going to go with the guy who doesn't get a lot of hype, but he is absolutely generational on this Kansas City Chiefs team, Chris Jones. Chris Jones is going to be my X yeah, factor in this definitely. game. I'm going to need Chris Jones to be disruptive in the run game. This Bills offensive line is not something special. Uh, if I know that, I promise you Chris Jones knows that. He's got a picture of all five of the Bills offensive linemen above his bed. He looks at it before he goes to sleep every single night because Chris Jones is absolutely that guy, and he will answer my call this weekend. I got a feeling he could have a big game, maybe a two-sack performance from Chris Jones down the middle, just being disruptive as hell. Uh, Josh Allen's going to be on the run for his life a couple of times because Chris Jones is going to eat this offensive line up. I promise you all that. Facts, 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 100%. And yeah, man, um, before we get out of here in this NFL talk, man, you got anything else you want to say? 
Um, no, nah, I'm feeling good about, like I said, nobody I can really guarantee a win for except the Tennessee Titans. I know that with Derrick Henry coming back, I'm just feeling that one. It feels good on me. I believe it in Mike Vrabel. I believe it in my Tennessee Titans. I preached to you guys uh, about this on Wednesday. Watch how physical my Titans are play. I'm telling you, they're going to set the tempo from the beginning. They're going to be faster. They're going to be harder hitting than the Bengals are. And I think that's going to be the difference. But don't worry, Joe Burrow is going to bring all the swagger he needs to to keep that game interesting. Mike, yep. you see any of these games getting out of hand, bro? Um, I think the one that has the most, you know, the most um most chance to get out of hand, man. I'm definitely gonna have to go with that. Let's see. Ooh. Mm. I would say the Packers. The Packers. Honestly, game. I think I did I would too. Yeah, I would why. say the Packers game. Um, honestly, because if the 49ers, because the Packers are gonna come out here and they're gonna try to score uh score early and often. And if the 49ers can't um you know, can't respond, you know, you never know what Jimmy G, man, he might, he, he's like very coin flip. So you never know if he's going to have a good game or an absolutely terrible game. And if they can't respond, man, the Packers are going to keep going to, going to keep coming out here and putting up points on the board, man. So I'm telling you, this game could get out of hand um, and then quick, fast and in a hurry. And the same with the chiefs and bills. If the, if the bills, if Josh, uh, Josh Allen comes out here and he's checking his change, man, the, the chiefs are going to try to run away with that, <laughs> that football game. I'm telling you, man. I, I actually, so the first one I really like, I actually think uh, I stand guaranteed on the Titans when I feel that confident about the Packers too. I'm not really worried about the 49ers winning this game. I think the Packers will walk away with it pretty confidently. I agree with his blowout take too. If the San Fran can't return the punches, Green Bay's got a real mean one, two combo and they can knock you out real fast with that uppercut. So I would okay. watch out for that one. The Bills chief one is actually interesting because I could definitely see Josh Allen coming out absolutely flat, but I could also see Patty doing the same thing. They started pretty slow against Pittsburgh. They start that slow against uh, Buffalo and Josh Allen's on his game. They could easily find themselves down 21 points early. So those chief games, I don't think we'll see that either way. I think Josh Allen's going to be good enough to compete in this one. And I think so is Patty, but I could definitely see that one getting out of hand going either way. It's certainly a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, man, it's, it's going it, to, it's, I'm just so excited for this weekend, man. As far as football goes, man, it's going to be a lot of good football played this weekend. And then there will only be four teams left after this weekend. So, hey, and let me say, we've talked a lot about offense as we go through these games. Uh, defense can absolutely win every single one of these games. Tennessee Titans defense will win the game. The San Francisco 49ers defense can win the game. Tampa Bay defense can win the game. I repeat, yeah. Tampa Bay defense can win the game. In the Bills-Chiefs game, if either one of those teams want to get stops, defense can win the game. So don't worry. You've got plenty of talent on both sides of these balls. This is going to be incredibly good games. They're going to be such high level of entertainment. I'm excited, man. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited 100%, man, for this weekend. Now, um, as we near the end of the show, man, I want to take you all to the UFC, man. Saturday night, we got a big UFC card, man. We don't really talk about this on the show, but, man, i got to talk about this because I've been excited for this fight since last year. Um, Francis Ngannou, the African champion, he, he knocks out everybody he fights. Um, anybody and everybody. Yeah, anybody and everybody, man. He knocks out everybody. And, uh, he's going against Cyril Gaon. Um, He's 10-0, undefeated in the UFC. So this is going to be a clash of the Titans, man. I'm telling you, it's a heavyweight. It's for the heavyweight championship of the world. They used to be – um. They used to be training partners. Now they can't stand each other. Um, so as friends turn into me, man, somebody's getting knocked out. I don't see this fight going past two rounds. Definitely. Uh, give me, give I, got, me a pick, I, got, I got Francis, man. I just think I'm taking he, man, Francis, dude. Yeah, I'm picking Francis, man. Uh, the rest of the card, I really don't care for the rest of the card other than yeah, Mike. I'm the here. same way. Uh, um, the welterweight showdown. I think that'll be a good fight to watch. But other than that, um, 
Dana White really dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> so I'm not going to be going into around maybe uh, 10 o'clock because I know that's whenever the main event gets ready to come on. So, yeah, man, shout out to them. Um, it's going to be a great fight, man. But I think I, I got Francis um, inside of two rounds. I think he's going to knock out. I think he's going to knock out God. Definitely. I actually am not going to give much push pushback to Mike on this take. We were on the different pages on the NFL, but we are going to join each other for the UFC take. I'm the same way. I could actually see Francis putting this way in the first, but um, he's really – he brings, I mean, undeniable pop. I don't really think that's a question. So I could see this – I could see this one ending quick. I could see this one going two rounds like Mike said, but I could not see it going the distance. Somebody's getting hit hard in this fight and somebody's hitting the turf. Facts. 100%, man. 100%. Um. Do you have anything for college basketball? Since Cat isn't here, I'll usually open it up to him on this Friday after uh, afternoon. Um, I could talk a little bit of shop for Mr. Cath. Uh, we do got a couple big games over the weekend. Um, as you roll into conference play here, uh, last night we did see LSU go down to an overrated, or as Cath calls them, overrated Alabama. Might have pushed Cat's take back a little bit on that one, but he doesn't like to move, so he's still probably feeling them pretty overrated. A team that Cat does hate, Villanova, found a way to lose again, lost to a dagger three at the end of the game to Marquette. That was a hell of a basketball game. I actually caught a little bit of this one. Um, actually, let me take a pause as I roll through these games. There is one thing in college basketball I want to talk about. Uh, I sent Mike this video uh, before the episode last night um, as I was – actually, I sent a text, Mike. You remember I sent the text first yeah. and I said, uh, I'm currently watching the Memphis <laughs> yeah. and SMU game. And, guys, let me tell you all. Memphis is – it was terrible. It was so painful to watch. I think I watched three air balls in a row and then two missed layups in like a two-minute stretch, and it was so painful to watch. And then afterwards, I sent Mike the video of Penny Hardaway. And, uh, Mike, what would you think of that? Was that a good coaching, you'd say? Probably exactly no. what you want to hear from the coach? No, absolutely not. Penny <laughs> absolutely Hardaway, not. he proceeded to drop 12, maybe 13 F-bombs in the post-game conference as he blamed everybody but himself. He said that uh, his roster, he doesn't have, quote-unquote, his guys. So the guys who were playing, sorry to y'all. Apparently, you were not the right guys. Uh, we don't have any love for y'all at all. So that was interesting to see as he proceeded to – I mean, he cussed out everybody, anybody and everybody. Uh, Memphis basketball went on to proceed to mute the comments on their Instagram post because it was getting absolutely out of hands what the Memphis fans were calling for. So uh, shout out to uh, Penny Hardaway for absolutely creating a stinker. That was uh, incredibly embarrassing. I want to give a shout out to Cavs Texas Tech. Big win over Iowa State. Um, I think we, I think Cavs called this one on the show because he never picks Tech to lose. So shout out to them. It was a big win. It was exactly what we needed. Big 12 is not easy. You got to uh, deliver every game. So that was nice to see. Kansas found a way to win again over Oklahoma. This one actually came down to the wire. It was a little bit closer than I expected. Um, but KU found a way to win again. Uh, Baylor bounced back with winning ways. Shout out to those guys. Um, the biggest one from uh, – that night, Duke did go down to Florida State. Good to see. Good to see. Um, the best thing I saw last night, my Zags found a way to win again. Uh, staying, the San Francisco game was a little bit close in the first half. Twitter was worrying. Don't worry about it, though. Found a way to close that one out. Um, another one that I think Kath, he, he's called him overrated a couple of times. I think I'm starting to agree with him. UCLA and Utah last night went down to the wire. Uh, the guard play for UCLA is um, – it's, it's getting shaky, man, and I called it great at the beginning of the year, and it's just not what it is, and uh, I have to become – I'm coming back down to earth on this UCLA team, and I know that will make Kath happy to say here. Johnny Juzang had 28 last night, but outside of him, I mean, 
I'm not getting it from anybody. Uh, Brendan was all was nice, but not competent. Uh, the 14 points was not something that was anything special. I think Johnny Juzang really willed them to a win in this one, but we won't talk about that. Um, Auburn yeah. won again, held Georgia to 60 points, best defense in the country by far. And uh, I believe they have a primetime matchup coming up against Kentucky pretty soon. Yes, that is tomorrow, Saturday. Tune in for that one at noon, 12-2 and two matchup. It'll be pretty good. That'll answer all of our SEC questions right there. Um, I believe – Cavs Raiders are off until Monday, and I believe they have the Jayhawks on Monday. Yes, they do. So that'll be a big one for Cavs Raiders. We'll probably talk about that on Monday as Cavs hyped out of his mind for them to uh, play they play, that one. They play tomorrow. They play a West Virginia, but they should win that game, no problem. Oh, he's right. They do have West Virginia tomorrow, and I bet you Cavs picking that one, them to win that one, and they should. That'll set the uh, KU game up with plenty of hype as Catholics for them to win that. But um, nice. on that note, uh, I don't really have much else. Um college we're still waiting on Caleb Williams to commit I know Cass will talk about that one he's still undecided so we'll see about that one it's nothing but news but uh besides that and I don't really have much more in the college sports catch this college basketball over the weekend it'll be entertaining well if you have time between playoff football don't miss playoff games for this crap not college basketball. Playoff football man every every single game is going to be a must watch I'm going to yeah stand I promise you must watch on every single game <laughs> yeah hey, I might not stand guaranteed but I will definitely throw must watch right over the tag of all these games <laughs> facts 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 uh what do you got for final take Calvin uh, final take. Uh, I really don't know what I got for final take. Let's see. Um, I don't really have much on the coaching front right now. Um, it sounds like uh, Jim Harbaugh is interested in the Las Vegas job. I don't think he's going to take it. Sounds like he's going to stay in Michigan. Uh, Josh McDaniels is getting in the mix for a couple of jobs. Sounds like maybe Denver, maybe Oakland, both setting up for Josh McDaniel runs. I don't know how excited he is to leave Bill Belichick. It'll be interesting to see Brian Flores. You know, that's my name to watch. I don't know where he's going right now. Your guess is probably as good as mine. There's some inside reporting out that is false. You see your Cowboys doing moving forward as far as coaching goes. Um, Hopefully we fire Mike McCarthy and promote Dan Quinn, keep this defense alive. Unfortunately, we won't do that. We'll keep Mike McCarthy. We're probably going to lose both of our coordinators. Dan Quinn's going to get a head coaching job because the interest is just too high. Uh, Kellen Moore, hopefully he gets struck by lightning. He doesn't return to the facility. We can move on an offensive coordinator, find somebody who knows what they're doing, get some competency in the building. But I don't know if we'll fire Kellen. We've got to do something. You know what I'm saying? We cannot just run it back next year. That that doesn't give me much optimism. Um, the draft is not going to save us from another playoff loss. So hopefully we make some movement in the front office. Uh, you know we can't fire the GM because he owns the team. So it sounds like the coach is probably going to have to pay for this one. That'll be interesting. Amari Cooper's complaining about targets. Hey, hey, honestly, Amari Cooper can hit the trading block. Take that $22 million cap it and go somewhere else with it because I've really got no interest in hearing him complain. It's C.D. Lamb's team now, so. <laughs> what about your Saints? You got any love for your Saints moving into this offseason? What are you thinking about uh, maybe a quarterback mix, getting to make, play for a Derek Carr? I definitely have a negative. I definitely have a negative to start off. Um, our defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, is interviewing with the Bears this week. So hopefully, um, as much as I love you, Dennis Allen, you had our defense playing phenomenal this year. Um, hopefully you bomb that interview and the Bears <laughs> don't want you so you can stay in black and gold and uh, we can have our good <laughs> next next <laughs> next year. No, but I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm 100% bomb the interview. Hey, Dennis Allen, go ahead and do Mikey a solid. Go ahead and fumble, make an inappropriate joke in this interview or say something rude about the interviewer. Go ahead and fumble this bag for Mikey. Come back exactly. home to New Orleans. I, I need you. I need you in New Orleans. But now, nah, in all seriousness, um, I heard that Russell Wilson, um, he informed the Seattle that he he want to weigh his options this offseason. So that's a little bit interesting. Hey, for and so. y'all heard my take on this. That might have been the episode Mike was gone when I gave my take on this. Uh, when uh, it, 
the only reason why that came out is because Russell Wilson wanted that to come out. The only reason why you <laughs> say you want to explore your options is because you're not happy with your current option. I told y'all this during the regular season, Mike. Yes, hey, don't I remember. Fire Pete have you on record? You have him. You we have you on record. You said if they don't fire Pete uh, Carroll, Russell. Wilson I'm telling you, he down. is good as gone, man. And I'm Let's telling you, that's that. why he wants to explore his options because he's waiting for them to fire Pete Carroll. And I don't think they're going to do it. And if he's on the move, I mean, what's a better landing spot than New Orleans? They're waiting for their new guy, a franchise that would open you with accepting arms. I can't think of a better fan base to play for. Uh, the roster, um, if you get healthy, I think your roster is competent, Mikey. What do you and Draft a receiver, that? definitely. Because, like, you you are all the way against the cap. You will lose either Teron Armstead or Marcus Williams this offseason. Ooh, but I don't know how that Russell Wilson contract plays into the mix. Ooh. But it's okay. Even with a couple more pieces gone, you've still got some fundamental cornerstones, Cam Jordan, et cetera, that are going to be there for the extended future that will keep this roster competent enough to compete. I think Russell Wilson could certainly be a very competent answer, especially in your division where uh, you've got two dumpster fires and a 44-year-old goat. So, I mean – yeah, I agree 100%. So definitely, we're definitely going to, I mean, I'm going to pound the Saints like whenever we get into the offseason, every every day there's going to be probably something coming out, um, some speculation. So definitely that's more of an offseason thing. And then y'all um, get damn excited for the draft. When was the last time you were this excited for a draft? Never. I mean, never, it's man. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been over 12 wins like the last, I think, four seasons. It's, um, and that's what I don't think people gave Drew, uh, Drew Brees credit for is, uh, yes, Drew Brees aged and he aged pretty quickly, but he kept y'all very damn relevant that entire time. Even the backups, Teddy Bridgewater played a part in keeping y'all relevant. Taysom Hill right. played a part keeping y'all relevant. There was never really, I mean, we just came off the uh, the anniversary of the bad P.I. call in the end zone. I think you're a bad P.I. call away from very much competing with the Patriots in that Super Bowl, too. I don't know if Drew Brees had it in him to win it, but I think you definitely would have competed. Exactly, exactly, man. It's just I don't even want to get into that because then I'm just gonna it's gonna ruin. Actually, that's a really interesting point, Mike. <laughs> a bad <laughs> PI away. Do you think you would have? You think y'all would have won that Super Bowl? This is kind of weird of, conversation what, what here, but of, of just course, me and Mike. I think we would want to take advantage Bowl. of this. Tell me about that. Were we just oh. passed the anniversary too? Tell me how upset that call made you. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Man, of course we would have won the Super Bowl. The Rams went up and put three points in that Super Bowl. I think the score, the final score, was ten to three. Right, Patriots. 13 to 3 Patriots. 13 yes. to 3. Was yeah, a, uh, defensive slugfest. Exactly. And I think I think anytime you have defensive slugfest, our defense has been in the conversation, man, every time um uh, for the, you know, this our little stint these last 4 or 5 years. So, man, I you can't help but wonder what if. And I, I think we would have won the Super Bowl. And I think Drew Brees would have retired that two year. times, two Super Bowls, Drew Brees would have tired, retired on top of the mountain. Holy moly. That would have been that would have been great, man. But hey, uh, the NFL had to get its lick back for Bounty Gate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, probably, man. That man, that one still hurts, man. The, one thing about the Saints, man, you know our fans are real because man, playoff heartbreak is nothing. I'm nothing. You, the Minnesota miracle has been a rough couple of years, man. The yeah, end of Drew Brees' I'm, career was painful. And I think the Drew Brees documentary is going to be amazing because, man, the end of it is going to be tough. Like, don't get me wrong, 2009, they, he was on top of the world. No, no doubt about it. But, I mean, some of these playoff heart – I mean, the Minnesota is crushing, man. It, that had nothing to do with Drew. Drew did everything right in that game. I think it's, it's criminal. Crushed, I, I think it's criminal that he's going to retire without an MVP under his belt, man. It's, yeah. I think it's criminal. Um, I really think the year that um, Matt Ryan got it, even though Matt Ryan was playing um, absolutely great that year, thanks to Kyle Shanahan um, – I think Drew Brees, you know, I think he should have won it that year. That's just my opinion. Well, it's not probably. I think Drew Brees um, suffers from the same curse that a lot of these guys do from this generation. Peyton Manning, Big Ben. I mean, quarterback play was just so damn high. Exactly. I mean, Drew Brees came up in the middle of would be great. One of the greatest quarterback errors we've ever seen. I mean, 
think about it. His when he really burst on the scene, 2005, 2006, we're in the middle of a Tom Brady three out of four. Peyton Manning, rookie Peyton Manning's tearing up the league and ready to win a Super Bowl. Big Ben, 13 and three when he comes into the league. Uh, Eli Manning's about to head out to New York. There's a young Aaron Rodgers cooking up at Cal University. Like Drew Brees didn't ask for all this, and he just happened to come up when quarterback play was at his best. And I think that's one of the reasons why we see Drew Brees. Because if you go and look at records, man, Drew Brees got him all of them, all of them, completion percentage, yards, touchdown, all of them. He's up there in every single category because what he did was, I mean, he's, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason. You know what I mean? He's a, he, he walks onto the NBC broadcast for a reason. And I think that is, it just goes to show you it, it magnifies what guys like Tom does. And then it, it magnifies, it, it brings down the impact of what guys like Drew Brees did because he only has one, but damn, what uh, think about your saints before Drew Brees. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I mean, like that's all I'm we right. got to say. I mean, it has been, it has been a ride for those new Orleans fans. I mean, them and the dirty birds are just as atrociously bad. Well, I mean, hell even Atlanta had to lose some super bowls first. I mean, they, at least he brought them the promised land in 2009. I don't think saints fans would change a single minute of it. Huh? Am I? Oh, I, absolutely not. I mean, Drew Brees exactly. is, is a hero. Um, he's definitely a hero. He brought us out of the dirt. That's what it, all the Saints fans and think. The thing is, him. is like he didn't just bring them out of the dirt on the field. I mean, think about what the team was when he got there. I mean, following the devastation of the of Katrina, he was he right. comes in, he gives the city a hero. He was there in the community every single day down in the dirt. Him and Sean Payton both. I think Sean Payton gets a lot of credit for that too because. They were vocal points, man. And I think and our organization was so terrible. Sean Payton himself had to go pick Drew Brees up from the airport whenever we were looking to find him <laughs> back in 2006. And, and no, this is an interesting fact, man. It's 100% true. Try, uh, Sean Payton himself had to go pick Drew Brees up from the airport and drive him to the stadium. I it, never that, heard that before. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, our organization was was in a terrible place. But, man, look at us now. But, uh, but I'm yeah, telling man. you, now you're a respectable franchise, bro. No one says the New Orleans Saints. We respect the dome. We respect the fans. We respect the team. Like when Michael Thomas was bringing that turmoil last year, everyone was in shock because that wasn't the New Orleans Saints because that's just how respectable Drew Brees made y'all. Him and Sean Payton both. Exactly. Even, bro, hell, bro this, even in 2009, bro, what happened in 2009 was discussed, or what was it, 2010, 11, whenever Brett Favre was, it was disgusting. And the Saints found not only handled it professionally, but, but Sean Payton found a way to move on past it. He didn't right, let it right, define right. him. And I think that's what really shows praise in your organization, because I think if we saw the Saints do that in the 80s or 90s, we would have seen it be, be a defining moment. And instead it wasn't. The <laughs> defining moment is still 2009 in the Super Bowl. Exactly, exactly, man. Definitely. Man, man what, what better way What better way to close out the show than having some Saints love and some Saints history, It was a great man. talk. It was a great talk. But definitely, I want to just close out the show saying watch some good football, relax. Um, shout out to everybody going back to college just um, that started back college these last couple of weeks, man. Make this semester a good one. Go for that 4.0. Uh, hey, stay yeah, uh, Inside the lunch table is a collection of Dean List members. So go ahead and Dean List for us this uh, this semester. We would appreciate that. Those 4.0s cashing in would mean a lot to us over here at Inside the Lunch Table. Exactly, exactly. And definitely stay safe, man. Stay warm, because especially in Texas, man, it's, 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 it's oh, definitely God, man, where's the sun, bro? Real quick, my loser, my loser of the week is going to be the sun. He had a terrible <laughs> performance all week, didn't make a single appearance. He just went ahead and had an unscheduled bye Monday through Friday, just changed <laughs> the temperature on me. It was absolutely terrible. So shout out terrible. to the sun having a terrible performance. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody stay safe. Um, Hopefully we'll get Kath back on Monday, man, and our energy will be up, man. We're going to be great to have this. We're going to be excited to have him back Um. So, yeah, everybody stay safe, watch some football, and um, be ready for us back on Monday inside the lunch table.